Hi, this is Catherine Mary Stewart from The Last Starfighter, Night of the Comet, and Weekend at Bernie's. And you are listening to Retro Life for You. Okay, how often is it that we get around our friends and we're like, Hey man, do you remember that movie? You know, when that guy did that thing or the TV show that was so funny when you were in high school. I mean, that's what we're doing this week. I, as we said a couple of weeks ago, Cody Tucker's back in the show with us this week. And we're just going to sit back and talk some 80s and 90s fun. And we hope that you guys enjoy it. So stick around and let's reminisce together. Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast, Retro Life for You. My name is Chris Adams, the host of the show, and sitting in with me again this week as we predicted just no more than a couple of weeks ago, Cody Tucker. Cody, welcome back to the show again. Hey, man. Appreciate you having me. And we said we were going to just come back and have a fun <laughs> sit-down night one night and just talk about things, man, that's just 80s yeah. and 90s related because we were doing Beverly Hills Cop. And it's so easy to get off topic. I do it every episode. I think people expect it from me to get off topic. Yeah. Um, But that being said, we are going to be off topic all night long tonight because we're going to jump from here to there and back to here again and into a different area. And then, hey, you don't know what we're going to be talking about. We might be saying something about different strokes at one point and thanking you for being our friend like the Golden Girls were. I mean, we could be talking Michael Jackson and be a thriller or telling the other one to beat it and go on, and then then we're headbanging to Metallica. You don't know where this is going to go today. So, Amen. Just prepare. We're telling you, just prepare. So, I, you know, speaking of bouncing around everywhere, I'm going to go straight to the 80s because 80s is okay. where a lot of the fun stuff was, it seems like. And I do remember you said when you were here before that you just wished that was a time frame you had grown up in because yeah. of what all they had and the things that you've gotten into. Uh, I I think you said this before, but what really got you into more of a throwback stuff like with the 80s and, and 90s and such? I mean, it's not your time for, it's not no. your time for sure. So. Right. So, yeah, I guess to preface, I mean, I was born in 93. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I don't know, man. I always had like such a huge attraction to just pop culture in general like not necessarily even a certain time frame but i guess having parents that grew up in the 80s and just being kind of like force-fed most of more 80s music and some movies too but they weren't really into like tv shows um as much like that was kind of like something i found on my own but yeah just doing that and then watching those i don't know if you remember those those like i love the 80s and i love the 90s on vh1 i love to just watch them every single time they came on and i got like a almost like a rush every time that an older person was talking about something and i could like you know chime in on it because they always were like oh how do you know that and i'd always feel like you know right you're smart yeah 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 all right exactly i was doing that instead of learning you know math and science i was like it's like look i don't know algebra but uh i can tell you the entire cast of different strokes okay what's two plus two silver spoon sucker that's what it is (laughs) say i don't know they did they have not covered that on family ties that's right when they get there i'll let you know yeah yeah, I, when Keaton knows what he's talking about. 
Yeah, I did learn about Reaganomics through that, though. So I guess <laughs> old Alex P taught me a few things. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, bringing up Reaganomics, uh, Ronald Reagan, have you heard him do any speeches from his time frame? Oh, yeah. The man yeah. would tell jokes. Yeah, he was, was... He's telling funny jokes when he's talking about them. No, Reagan was... Look, I am not politically minded... Not uh -huh. necessarily. I usually take whatever stance is the opposite of the person I'm talking to, mm -hmm. just because I like to infuriate people. Got, well, you got, you got to have the good guy and the bad guy. Exactly. Yeah, so you know. if I'm talking to somebody who's like super liberal, I immediately go hard right. And if I'm talking to somebody who's like very like right wing, I go full on patchouli. You know, woke. Everybody's my friend. Left, and I just <laughs> ride the rails. You know, just. Seeing how mad I can make them, so yeah, <laughs> well, that is kind of funny though. I mean, because yeah. people do get so riled up over a lot of things. Um, I have found that you cannot have a serious conversation of politics with anybody. So the no. best thing to do, like you say, is just to just antagonize them. Yeah, or I like to bring up conspiracy theories as much as possible. Like. In, in basically in any aspect of my life, I try to bring up conspiracy theories without prefacing them at all as being conspiracy theories. Right, um, right. So. Uh, you know, a lot of people are still touchy to this day about 9-11, but if you bring up 9-11 and say, <laughs> you know the government was involved, don't you? Yeah. They knew it was happening while it was happening. That's why he was whispering in his ear and he didn't crack oh, exactly. nothing. He just kept reading the book to the little kids like, oh. Oh yeah, when you know, whenever like somebody I know brings up nine eleven, I turn into Michael Moore. Like, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> George Bush was a terrorist. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, 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 and then we're like, you don't know that is true. Like, have you watched the video "Spare Change" on Google? Have you seen this? Have you watched all the proof they've thrown out there? And just to see the gears turning in their eyes and their their, oh, yeah. their vein on their eyes start popping up here and everything, it oh, just yeah. makes it worth it in the end most of the time. Oh, I and just is it true? Hey, is it true? I don't know. I oh, mean, I just, it, exactly. It, it, I'm to throw it out there. Yeah. No, exactly. I just start repeating lines that I've remembered from like Fahrenheit 9/11. I'm like, yeah, well, George Bush uh, worked for Albusto, which uh, had ties with the Saudis. And I go into these like, <laughs> massive things. Well, George H.W. Bush, you know, he had problems with the Taliban. Like, I just go into these massive uh, conspiracies, really just because it's it stops the conversation dead in its yeah. tracks, yeah. which is my goal, up, really. And then mess up the people's names while you're doing it, too. I mean, you oh, can get the president's God. name right, but say he was messing around with that Obama sin Godin. You know who I'm talking about? <laughs> And he was hiding off in a trailer park in the desert up there. Yeah, oh we found God. him. You know, this Jesus. <laughs> if they don't pick up on how you just messing with them, then I can't help it. They, oh, they, yeah. they deserve what you're doing at that point. Dude, I'll tell you, one of my like idols, and this is not even a joke. One of my idols is Jesse Ventura for that very reason. Because Ventura is very outspoken. Hearing him talk about 9 11 is the greatest thing ever. Like, like there were three towers. <laughs> like what happened to Tower Seven? Like just going into these like crazy, crazy conspiracies. Like jet fuel does not melt steel beams. Like it is. They they got down to the specifics of those at one point. Uh, if you ever gone back here recently and watched some of the stuff, they'll tell you what specific type of steel it was and what God. specific type of jet fuel they used and how they know for a fact that because of that. Uh, this is the reason why <laughs> it won't burn it. 
And then if you go back at 24 minutes and 16 seconds, uh, 24.16.8 on the video, if you will, and you look at it, you'll see in slow motion a series of explosions going poof, 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 all the way around in a circle. And then they say that then you'll see that <laughs> it suddenly it just goes straight down. But she kind of does go straight down. It pancakes. Yeah, it doesn't turn over sideways or anything. No. But, you know, but Jesse Ventura was very outspoken about it. A lot of people were and everything at that time. And it was a topic that went discussed until people were blue in the face and ready to kill each other. I yeah. Think, at the same time. yeah, see, I was seven. Now, some people, I, I was actually working at a Walmart. I, they, they say there's certain time frames, you know, where you were. Yes. Certain things to do. Like, so 9 11, I was working at a Walmart on Charlotte Pike in Nashville, Tennessee, walking past the electronics department, coming back from the restroom. Mind you, if you want to get real detailed, I'm not going to tell you anything else about that visit. But I walked by the electronics that was on all the TVs, and people were gathered around looking at it. We stopped and looked to see what was going on. And it was all about this. It's like saying uh, my favorite sports football team, the Titans. You know, I'm, Tennessee, I'm from Tennessee here, so the Tennessee Titans having their Music City Miracle against the Buffalo Bills. I was working at a what was called to it was called an HG Hills store, mm -hmm. and I was in the back room. And it was a grocery store. I did walk past the meat department back doors, and also I heard people just yelling like crazy because we thought the game was over. Yeah, and that yeah. thing happened, and you know, I was like, "Why couldn't I be at home to watch this?" You know, certain yeah. things. You know where you were when it happened. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I was in second grade, and I just remember them bringing us into because it was like pretty early in the morning, and I just remember them bringing us onto the gym. And then them, like our teachers coming in and just crying and we're like, what the hell is going on right now? And them just basically telling us that like the, in the, <laughs> which is not in a great way to tell a group of eight, like a couple of hundred eight year olds, but basically like right. we're under attack, hold on to your hats. Like, and then just <laughs> yelling and then we just went home. And then for the next couple of months, them telling us how like, you know, there's actually a good chance there could be a terrorist attack around here because, like, the city I live in has, like, a big, like, chemical plant. They were like, you know, we actually are at a very high risk, according to the Department of Homeland Security. And me being eight years old being like, oh, no, I'm going to die. Like, I'm actually – so, I mean, I don't know if I was – I guess I can say this kind of stuff. But um, I'm working on a book right now about the aftermath of it. Uh, basically, just, like – the generation like my age group how like the fear post 9-11 completely just heightened our anxiety and why we are like the most anxious generation and i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that like our first vivid memory is argue i mean is arguably the most like devastating moment in like u.s history and that's like mm -hmm. our first that's like our like you know breeding ground for like our the way we react to different like See, like in, in my case it was a space shuttle they showed us that yeah right 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 Ooh. so like, everybody has which that's the thing that i was kind of like going that i'm going to probably go into is like everybody has one so like there was like the pearl harbor generation the i mean people growing up during vietnam we were watching that on tv but there was like kennedy assassination kennedy assassination is a huge one yeah um, oklahoma city if you're going just a little right. bit before 9 11 but like right. nine eleven was just such a huge thing, and like I've, I mean, I have massive anxiety, massive panic attacks, and I've like kind of not traced it back to nine eleven. Like I wasn't going through some political crisis as an eight year old, but like you know, just having these this like fear hit me, and that's what made me just like super attracted to horror movies and everything like kind of morbid. And I think there's a direct connection. 
between them. Who knows? I yeah. might just be spinning my wheels, which you know, wouldn't be the first time. It's all right, though. It works. I mean, I, I don't think we have Freddy Krueger out there in the background with a nuclear missile aimed at us or anything, but, True. you know, I mean, one, two, Obama bin Laden's coming for you, or... <laughs> I said it wrong again, didn't I? Osama. You did. Yeah, Osama you said Obama bin Laden. Which I, I, was doing the, I was doing the thing from earlier where I said you say the wrong name on purpose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Osama bin Laden, he was a, a big threat to people. I think some kids at a certain age probably hear that name and have some fear with it because they... Yeah. You know, with him being the name tied to everything like that. Oh, yeah. So, much, but, so that's definitely one thing, one big memory that stands out with a lot of people growing up, 80s and 90s. Of course, 9-11 was not 80s and 90s. No, but. but I mean, going off the whole, the whole political bit and everything. Uh, or, yeah, we were like we were talking to Ronald Reagan and we got off on that, didn't we? That was, that's hilarious. Yeah, we got way right, right to there. <laughs> I told everybody we were going off topic, though, did I not? Yeah. Said, yeah, no, but we we skipped the entire decades. Like we didn't even stay in the eighties or nineties. Jesus, it's okay though. Well, if you want to talk about the things like I brought up, I mean, eighties and nineties, you got the space shuttle thing when the sure. they brought to us in school and everything. And as far as the nineties go, you've got the Gulf War. Yeah, uh, Waco. Waco was really big around here. Waco? So like, yeah, because where I'm from, I'm like three and a half hours away from Waco, and all of my family are from Waco. And they and did, you drink, did you drink the Kool Aid? No, that's a uh, Jonestown, the Kool Aid, isn't it? Oh, isn't that Jim Jones. Don't they all have Kool Aid at some point? No, I think David Koresh. It was Jim Jones, though. You're right. Though, well, I think David Koresh was just kind of, you know, doing some nefarious thing things with children. Well, you're right with Jim Jones. And that, that's yeah, Jim was. Jones and in, in Guyana. They were that was in like what, 78, I think, in like French Guyana in South America. Yeah, but um, no, like way. I mean, the Waco stuff is was a huge thing that I grew up like hearing about. Cause like a lot of my family who like live in Waco or, well, yeah, still live in Waco. They knew like the branch Davidians like really well, like around that city. I mean, Waco is not like a huge place. It's just a college town cause of Baylor university, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, they all kind of knew the branch Davidians knew, I mean, somewhat knew David Koresh. So they were just like really nice people and they kind of minded their own business. But you know, then one day they all get you know, blown up. So, yeah, interesting stuff. I've been out there before, and it is very weird because it's there. Like that church is still like they rebuilt it. Really? So there's like a whole nother group of Branch Davidians who are like Seventh Day Adventists. Like, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, there's always something. There's oh, always yeah. something. So we were joking earlier about some of the things from the '80s. You know, talking about the family ties and and those. Uh, Silver spoons I mentioned, different strokes. What was uh back to your the eighties, do you have a favorite sitcom on TV that you would always fall back on? Mm. From the eighties and nineties, like that era. Well, just, um, let's just go with the eighties for now. Okay, eighties. Oh Jesus, man. Actually, I mean Actually you can throw one out from both days. Well, it's cool. Eighties, it's probably the Cosby show. <laughs> yeah, which you know. Uh you like a drink? <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit hard to catch the reruns these days, but um, uh, yeah, it's, it was uh, a great show though. No, the I mean, Cosby Show is an amazing show. I don't. I mean, I laughed so hard at the. Well, no, no, there was three Cosby shows on that, right? Now we're talking about the original Cosby Show on NBC, not just yeah, yeah. Cosby on CBS. No, or, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the because you had him and Felicia Rashad do Cosby on CBS. That was different than the Cosby Show. 
Right, right, right. No, I'm talking about like the Cosby show. Okay. I loved some of the ways as a as a as parents that they would teach the children things. Yeah. One of the things that stood out to me the most over the years that I laughed so hard at and loved was when Theo decided he was one he, he knew how to handle his money. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adult. And so he comes home and they've changed everything around. And like his youngest daughter is like the lady over the bank. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, yeah. Cliff's youngest daughter, you know, Theo's sister. Right. Um, over the bank and everybody's changed. The mom is now Miss Millie or something like that in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. When you're ready to eat, you let Millie know and she'll cook you something up. <laughs> and Cliff is the the one who's doing the managing of the building, right? Yeah. So he's gonna rent him the room. So Theo's like, Oh, I see what's going on. Okay. I'll play along. So they go down. He's talking about all the money he's going to save and everything. How he's going to eat. I'll, I'll eat cereal and bologna. He takes money back out of his hand. And he tells him, you still hadn't paid the electric bill. He takes it back out of his hand. I always thought that was a great little yeah. little lesson set up he had. The ways that they, they would do things like that. There was always, there's more than just that. Well, there was like well. the one episode, actually it might be the pilot i think is the one where theo has this like huge heart to heart discussion with cliff and he's saying like you know i don't know why like my grades have to be so good blah 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 he's going into that but he's like you know i don't know why it would matter if i was a doctor or a lawyer like why wouldn't you love me just as much if i was a trash man or something like that like why can't you just love me for who i am and then it gets like real sentimental and then cliff goes that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Dumbest thing I've ever heard. Theo's real serious. He goes, can't you just love me for who I am? Yeah, he's like... And the crowd, you know, the people watch are like, oh. He's like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm pretty sure that's the pilot. I think that's the pilot episode. I mean, it that's... It could a, be. I think That's so. a good ways back. I can't remember that for sure, but so, I do uh, remember that episode. Yeah, Cosby Show for sure. Number one, a close second is Cheers. Mm-hmm. Cheers, I was. I mean, I've. I still watch Cheers a lot. Like every once in a while, I'll just kind of restart it from the beginning. I mean, Cheers is amazing. Um, did you know that George Went and John Ratzenberger were thirty-five when Cheers started? I, I can mean, they that. really they look like they're almost sixty. It is crazy um, to me. John, um, George Went, I can believe it for sure. John Ratzenberger, I think, well, some people, myself included, I mean, as you see me, uh, yeah. I was already losing my hair in my 30s. Some people, yeah. I have a friend whose hair, when he was in his 20s, was already salt yeah. and pepper gray, and more gray than, you know, than, than dark. So I think John Ratzenberger is one of them people who just, you know, he started getting gray hair earlier than in his years than would be normal, and he made him look appear, appear to be a little bit older. Yeah, um, I guess so. I mean, it's just thirty. Carla, uh, the one of Rhea Perlman looked a lot. Yeah, older. yeah. Well, she was. I mean, I think she was not even forty when it started. I think she was in like her late thirties. I mean, it is. I don't know. It just when I heard that that like George Wynn and John Ratzenberger were thirty-five, I was like, there is no way. But yeah, I guess maybe they. I want, to, I want to say all of them were close in age, fairly close, except oh, for Woody, except for Co- of course Coach. Coach, yeah, and then Woody. I think Woody came in uh, in his twenties. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think his character, his character is supposed to be in early twenty twenty one. I think. 
Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Sam was probably been in his 30s or 40s. Mid thirties, as who his character was supposed to be. Yeah, I think is. I think he was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Ted Danson was like the same age as his character was supposed to be, and it was like mid thirties. So, yeah. So it was a relief pitcher or a starting pitcher. I forget which relief pitcher. I think relief pitcher for the Red Sox. Sam uh-huh. Mayday Malone. Yep. Yeah, and I, I, I think he when his career was over, he bought the bar. Yeah. Um, I don't remember how old Shelley Long's character was supposed to be though. Mid twenties. Uh, I know of her. She was a bride or something like that when she yeah, first yeah. showed up. Yeah, I think she was learning Alley later, who was young as well. I think. Well, yeah. Well, that's kind of whenever I usually will just stop rewatching it when Kurt when it gets replaced with Kirstie Alley. I just can't handle Kirstie so, Alley. Kirstie Alley was actually pretty good in Cheers. Um, yeah, her and Ted Danson, they had a good. Chemistry as Sam and Rebecca mm-hmm. that was a little bit different than Diane, but still kind of the same as Diane. And in in the sense that he was obviously flirting with her, but he was more serious with Diane toward the end. I think when they they split that up and, and Shelley Long left, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the comedy was still there though. And then you bring in Kelsey Grammer as Frazier, Frazier Crane sitting at the bar every night with him. Uh, yeah. The intellectual, you know, you got the intellectual, then you got. You know, Woody trying to just bless him. Stupid as as a box of rocks, I guess. Yeah. Um. And it's it was just a great show. If if I was falling back on on an eighties comedy sitcom, Mm -hmm. and I think it started in the seventies, late seventies, and went into the eighties. If I'm thinking an absolute favorite, I've got two, and I can't make up my mind. One is Three's Company. Okay. Uh, Three's Company, you got uh, John Ritter, Joyce DeWitt, Suzanne Summers. Uh, Don Knotts. Don, well, Don Knotts didn't start. It was um, Norman Bell that was the first one. He was Mr. Roper. Uh, oh, okay. But Don so Knotts is on it later, isn't he? Yes, Don Knotts. Okay, okay. Mr. Roper, when were, they tried to spin off of the Ropers. They thought it would work. Uh-huh. And, um, it just did not have the same effect without the yeah. kids on there. With the, without... Um, you know, Jack Tripper and then Chrissy mm-hmm. and Janet and everything didn't have the same feel. So whenever he, he, they left, they brought in Don Knotts, who was brother-in-law to Bart, who owned the building. Okay. And um, he played Mr. Furley. That's and right. That's right. Had, okay. had Barney Fife written all over it still. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. Well, you know, just Barney Fife without the badge. When they go. Yeah. Uh, that was one, and Night Court was the other. Oh, uh, that's the one with the uh, what's his name, the redhead kind of guy that died not that long ago. He was an it. Um, yes. God, what is yeah, his name? Uh, uh, Harry Anderson. Harry Anderson. Yeah, and uh, John, Larrick- John Larroquette, Marky Post. Yeah, John Larroquette. That's who I was thinking of too. Yeah, I think one. Of, I think his actual name was Mac, as well as his stage name or show name, Mac Davis. I think Marshall uh-huh. Warfield was on there. Uh, Richard Mall. Uh, a lot of names over the years have been on it. I mean, some of them didn't go on to be as popular as others. But was Lonnie that Anderson show, on that, or was Lonnie no, Anderson on? W- she was the new KLP Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Now there are there are moments today where uh, my best friend today and I will quote Night Court, mm-hmm. and it's for no reason whatsoever. It's just it doesn't even go with what's happening or anything. But there's this point where John Lyric is talking to a girl who's in there, uh, their their little 
traveling circus has been brought in because if they didn't have a license for it or something, they were people didn't want them there. And she's a trapeze. Yeah. And he's telling her how he is a trapeze at his place, you know, and he'd like to show it to her. And, you know, no matter, no matter what you do, no matter how much you sweat, hold on to the handlebars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, my God. It's a running gag with us still today with that. 90s, though. If you go to the 90s, you get a sitcom. What do you, I know, what do you fall back on there? Uh, I go. I mean, it's very late 90s, but my favorite sitcom of all time is that 70s show. Yeah. I mean, so it started in 98, so it's like barely in that 90s range. But um, mm-hmm. other than that, probably Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince was, man, that's hard because I did watch Home Improvement and Roseanne a lot too. I'll tell you this. So, like, my two least favorite are not. <laughs> yeah, Steinfeld and Friends. Hate both of them so much. So I can watch a few weeks ago. I, I love Friends, but yeah. Seinfeld I was not big on. I didn't understand the humor of Seinfeld very well. Yeah, because Jerry um, Seinfeld's not funny. He's really I mean, not. I, I know it's sacrilege, whatever, but he isn't funny. Like a sacrilege for who? I mean, because it really comedians. <clears throat> I mean, Seinfeld doesn't have a good stand-up back. He didn't have. See, that's now. You tell most comics that, like most comics I know, if you tell them that, you know, like whenever I tell them I hate that I don't think Seinfeld is funny, they like basically shun me. Like, well, they come up, look at you, and they go, "What is up with that?" Like, oh my god, I can't stand it. I just don't. I don't like them. But favorites, yeah, for sure. That seventy show and Fresh Prince. That's that's yeah. I, well you already know I love friends and there's a lot there's a lot of great ones in the nineties. So I can't really pick a yeah. solid one except for friends for me. Uh so many things that were just funny but not great to me. Um mm-hmm. Will and Grace, let's see well, Will and Grace was funny, but not oh, great. News radio. Um, I was a huge fan of news radio. I never did get into that. Never did. I uh, loved it. It's the, the best uh, cast. It's the best cast in a sitcom of all time. I think, I think the, I think the 80s was must-see TV on NBC, right? And then in the 90s, it was all about, um, what did they call it for Fridays? uh, Oh, my God. It was like Boy Meets World, Friends, Home Improvement. No, no, no. no, They were all all on the same channel. It was Full House. It was Family Matters. Boy Meets World might have been in there. No, Yeah, it was something... Not TGIF, was it? TGIF, yeah. Yeah, TGIF. yeah, yeah. That's what this yeah, one was. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. That's what I, I was mean, thinking of. Is, yeah. I mean, Full House was was fun sometimes. Family Matters was fun to me. But all, all these were, were fun, but not great. If I had to pick one other than Friends, I'd probably fall back on Roseanne because yeah. I love the I, I love the humor and the and the way that the Roseanne and Dan character both got along together and how the kids were. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you, you've gone from the extent, I mean, this is opposite polar ends of how Cosby show was and how they get life mm-hmm. lessons to the kids. And then you go on this side over here to Roseanne where Roseanne and Dan are yeah. giving their kids. They're trying to raise them and teach them things. But there is nothing being taught whatsoever. No, no. it's just like well, what you want or whatever. It seems like it's definitely the poor white trash version of the Cosby Show because it was very similar to how I grew up. Was Roseanne like almost too <laughs> similar? 
<laughs> it's like Jesus. If they had a way nicer house, see, I hate the thing I hate about Roseanne is they were like, "Oh, we're so poor, we're so poor." Their house was so much nicer than mine. Yes, thank like, you. Dude, y'all have like a huge, like two-story house. Like, what are you talking? What about? they live at? Do you remember what the show was based out of? I can't. Oh God, um, it wasn't Chicago, was it? I, I'm, I, or was it more Midwest? I started to ask you, was it Chicago as well, or was it in Ohio? See, I'm thinking it was something more like more Midwest, like Rust Belt. Like maybe Pitt, not Pittsburgh. They would have been all talking like Yenzers. Um, I don't man. think they were in a big city of any kind. No, but I think, I think it was were. like outside because they would talk about going to like some football games. I thought maybe it was no. Hold on, that is going to bother me so much. Well, while you were looking it up, okay. The one thing about Roseanne that I did love the most was their Halloween episodes. Those were worth waiting. Yes, yeah. Every year, we'd look forward to the Halloween show for Roseanne and what they would do new this year. What would be different? It's it was never scary. It was just so humorous. Yeah, and, it, and it's uh, Lanford, Illinois. Lanford, so Illinois. So, but that's why I was thinking Chicago. I knew I thought they were in Illinois. Oh, I, I was going to tell you, Dan was a Bears fan. I yes, that's that. that's what I'm, I was thinking. Was I remember them being like into the Bears? There, I knew there was like some football team, but I was getting. The Packers and that '70s show can mix yeah. up, I think, because they were all huge Packers fans. All right, so we're going to jump to the, into the action genre here when it comes to television. Okay. So let's uh, you pick first, '80s or '90s, whichever you want to do. Miami Vice. Me, uh, you're talking '80s for Miami Vice. There's nothing even close. It is to me the greatest. I think arguably the greatest TV show ever made, for sure. Miami Vice. Miami I mean, Vice yeah. is. Oh my god! It's you get the flashy lifestyle. You got the Lamborghini. I mean, you got the music. The music. I mean, the intro to the show was just straight fire. I mean, it was everybody loved that. Oh yeah, and Don Johnson is one of the coolest human beings to ever live. Okay, yes, I'm gonna say in the '80s, how many how many different people did you see get emulated so much? There was two people who got emulated in the '80s. I think more than anybody. One was Don Johnson. The other was Michael Jackson. Hulk Hogan's because, up there because, because of the beat it thing, you know. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, as far yeah. as how they dressed and how they acted and everything, think about that. You even had Corey Madonna point thinking he's Michael Jackson. He's yeah. he, he still tries to look today like he is. Uh, but as, as far as people who were emulated the most between fans and how they would dress and how they would act and stuff, a lot of people would dress like Michael Jackson. The, the whole parachute pants thing when it became a big thing. See, I think the jacket, know, the glove, the Pepsi diet, Pepsi. Oh you know, yeah, because this thing going on, and then then you had Miami Vice. You got the jacket, you know, the hairstyle and everything. Scrunch sleeves, like the sleeves scrunched up, yeah, the elbow. Exactly. No socks, pastels like pastel colors. But see, I think even more than Michael Jackson, Madonna. Like women dressed like Madonna, like crazy ladies with like the fishnet well, gloves. I mean, we got we got to give the girls something too, and give the ladies something there because the ladies aren't going to dress up like Michael Jackson or Don Johnson. But well, guys, close. Well, some of them, some of them might, but we're not going to touch that subject. See, I would we'll love get to shut down. I know. <laughs> we'll get shut down by all the letters and numbers they have. Well, I mean, Michael Jackson was a woman dressing up like Michael Jackson. So, <laughs> but yeah, I. I would love for that look to come back. That's like to me, like whenever I think of, you know, what's like the most attractive look for like a, you know, on a woman, it's the Madonna 80s look. Like big hair, black, like tons of like jewelry, like the boy toy 
belt, like all this. I was like, God. Man, well, you're saying is- multicolored hair. Cindy Lauper did nothing for you. Is that what you're saying? Oh, that's that's up there. Cindy Lauper is. <laughs> I mean, Cindy Lauper. Actually, okay, number one, like who I think the most attractive woman from the '80s is Susanna Hoffs well, from the Bengals. Yes, like looking is. to the side, like oh my god, yeah, Susanna Hoffs is still. I already know where you're going. Wolf like an Egyptian video. Yes, you yes, her eyes video. Are looking to the side. Yes, so I, just, I already oh know. My god, Susanna Hoffs. It's an so iconic crazy. part of the video. Yes, and all the guys waiting for that. We, we we would sit there and listen to the whole song just mm-hmm. for the video to see that thing she did. Yeah, see, not Phoebe Cates, not Molly Ringwald, not them. Susanna Hoffs, yeah. for sure, number one. I mean, Madonna is up there, too, but Madonna is like a multi. If you're talking about your 80s moments with them, Phoebe Cates has got probably one of the top moments. Oh, yeah. That, that sounds original high. I mean, right. We just talked about this last week, me and, and uh-huh. I mean, it's coming up out of the out of the water. Of course, it's been, you've got the the TV version versus the movie version. <laughs> Uh, TV yeah. version, she just gets out of the water, you know, slicks her hair back and everything to get the water off her head and walks toward Judge Reinhold and they start making out. Yeah. And the actual movie version, she is getting out, she's walking toward him, she slicked her hair back, she's got her top pulled straight off like that and walking yeah. out. Him. With the cars uh, playing in the background, moving in exactly, stereo. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you get, I mean, you get others. I mean, so many different posters throughout the 80s, the guys had on their walls. We had Heather Thomas, we had Heather Locklear, we had Catherine Bach, you know, Daisy Duke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you were a heavy metal person, a hard rocker, you had Lita Ford on the wall, probably. See, the Lita Ford's not. I actually think Joan Jett's a lot hotter than Lita Ford. Well, I was going there next. You had people with well, Joan Jett on there, you had Lita Ford, you had the bangles up on the Some people had bangles up on the wall. It depends on the guy and who his friends were, you know, and how accepted yeah, yeah. they were. As you go into your friend's room, if he's got a picture of the Bengals or Debbie Gibson on his wall, they're like, dude. Ah, yeah, see Debbie Gibson. Really? Wow. Yeah. But, no, t- Tiffany. Tiffany's super oh, yeah, hot. Tiffany. Still is now. Like, Tiffany, actually hotter now. For oh, sure. No, I'm sorry to say, Tiffany looks better now than she did back way then. Way better. And, and she was very good looking in the 80s. Yeah. Debbie Gibson was way better looking in the 80s. Not that yeah. she hasn't aged well, but, I mean, she she's so and – it, and, and, it, and it's because of what she has going on and everything. You can't fault her for it. Yeah. Uh, but it it's she's more. It's, it's like you look at her and you're like, eat a piece of chicken. Yeah, yeah, you know? for sure. She, she's not anorexic or anything. For no, but I, I'm not saying we're nothing like this. I'm not going to get into it because it's her personal health issues. I'm not going to talk about them. But I mean, she does have something that's going on with her, yeah. and she's she beat it basically, and she's in pretty good shape considering. But she just looks like she she can't uh, either. She can't gain or doesn't want to gain any yeah. kind of weight at all. Tiffany, on the other hand, is just. I guess, for lack of a better word, she's thick. Oh, she's uh, thick as hell, yeah. I mean... No, you know who, um, out of, like, all actresses... So, yeah, Susanna Hoffs for musicians, but actresses, uh, Jennifer Grey. Jennifer Grey, yeah. Jennifer Grey is so freaking... Like, even now, I mean, I know she looks way different because of her nose job, but whatever. I mean, Jennifer Grey, like, for the 80s, for sure, like, Jennifer Grey, Susanna Hoffs are my, like, one and two... When Jennifer Grey came on Friends, uh, a lot of people guest started mm-hmm. on Friends. When Jennifer yeah. Grey came on there, I didn't recognize her as being Jennifer Grey. No. Uh, no one did. As Bobby mentioned, I didn't know what to think. I was like, that doesn't look like Jennifer Grey from Dirty Dancing or Ferris Bueller or Red Dawn. Or, yeah. It doesn't look anything like her. No. Um, but, you know, yeah, guys, we, we, we all had those posters. We we, yeah. we loved watching The Dukes of Hazard for Daisy Duke. We loved oh, watching yeah. The Fall Guy for Heather Thomas. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, and then of course you've got the different vehicles of the eighties that made you watch the show and the fall guy, he had an iconic truck, uh, yeah. that he, that he would drive. Matter of fact, I'll tell you what, hang on a second. Uh-huh. Speaking of the fall guy, <laughs> we talk about, uh, the truck itself, yeah, there, it. a little iconic hood oh on it God. and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Something I like to collect if I can find things with the little cars and everything <laughs> in the shows. Yeah. Man, I'm sorry. I, I completely uh, went off topic from your <laughs> initial question about the shows. I well, no, we were that. talking about well, well, I, I said we were going to go off topic. Still, just, we're just sure, hey, we're just kicking back and having fun this week. That's sure, all we're doing. Sure. But so you got Miami Vice. We we hit that. What about the '90s? Um, I guess this counts. X Files does. Yeah, X Files for sure would be my number one. Yeah, I I mean. Yeah, I can't think of another show in the night. ER, ER would be up there. If well, but that's more well, of a drama, ER, I guess. Yeah. Really, ER is a drama, not really. Yeah, that. then, then no, X X Files for it, sure. Then see, the nineties kind of went away from a lot of the good action shows. Yeah, I was gonna I say mean, I can't even really think of like a just like an A team of the nineties. You know, right? Well, there's, I mean, you got you probably got Law and Order started sometime, and then NYPD Blue. NYPD Blue was there probably. Uh, yeah. I would say it had to be. Um, um, yeah, I mean, actually, I mean, you all, yeah, no, that's definitely drama. Yeah, no, I guess actually, nineties, I for sure am more into like the nineties dramas. I mean, I can't think of a single like just straight action show, like Walker Texas Ranger. I guess. I mean, I see that was in the two thousands too, though. That came out in the nineties. Yeah, it, was, it really. Yeah, man, it doesn't feel like has it really been that long. Yeah, it started in like '96. I thought. I mean, God, I think. I'm, I'm, Actually, I'm so old. No, I'm almost, <laughs> I am almost positive that that's. I am so old. Um, it started '93. Walker, Texas Ranger. All right, let's see. I'm just gonna real quick your action shows of '90s and what pops up because I had one in particular. Yep, there it is. All right. Late, very late nineties. I guess it'll still count if it starts in the nineties, at least. Uh-huh. Um, Angel, uh, that. Oh yeah, the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, I did yeah, like yeah. that. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is good. That came out in ninety-seven. Yeah, I like Buffy the Vampire Slayer a lot. There was a, yeah, there was a time frame where they had all these movies, or I'm sorry, movies, TV shows mm-hmm. that were. Uh, not on your major NBC, CBS, ABC. We're talking like uh, the CW. CW or, yeah. well, actually, it was called the WB then. That's uh, right. Yeah, it's the CW now. And at one point, you had Fox Television. You still do a thing. Yeah, uh, still Fox. But I mean, you know, there was um, there was Angel, there was Buffy, there was Xena, there was um, oh yeah, Xena. Uh, is that the one with Kevin Sor- Sorbo? Kevin Sorbo. Sorbo. Yeah, that's yeah, there was there was Stargate SG one the TV series. Oh, Star Trek yeah. Next Generation. Star Trek the Next Generation. Thank you. That's that a, that's like a huge start. one from the nineties. Yeah, and I did watch that when I'm looking at NYPD Blue. You mentioned earlier is here. Martial Law was a fun one for me. That was a spinoff. Of okay. What about Sam Jag? Martin. Was Jag in the nineties? I was about to I was about to tell you. I think Jag was in the nineties, and if that's the case, that's going to be mine. That I'm a pick. Or, what about Nash Bridges? When did that come? Nash out? Bridges in the nineties. I just passed yes. it. All right, Jag came out in nineteen ninety five. Oh, okay. So Jag is definitely going to be the one that I'm going to yep. go with. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, if we count X-Files, then I go X-Files. The, the X-Files was from 93 to 2018, it says, because you well, don't this thing pop up. But technically, yeah. 93 through a certain so, year. Oh, three. Oh, three, I think, is um, when it stopped. You had, you had Highlander. Yeah. Was, uh, with Adrian Paul, which was fairly good, if you like that type of stuff. Um. um Man, I can't really think. Of and the rest of them, I just peered out. I was looking at what they consider to be the top 30, they said. As okay. far as they're not in any particular ranking order, but just mm-hmm. 30 of the best ones. Star Trek Deep Space Nine, they got on there. Third Watch is on there. Counter Strike is on there. In the Heat mm-hmm. of the Night. In the Heat of the Night, I have a hard time calling that an action. Yeah, that's it's I mean, more, of a, more of a cop drama. Well, I guess that still counts as action. I mean, the same way NYPD Blue counts as action. I guess, but still, I would go with for myself personally. I will. I would take Jag for the nineties, yeah. and in the eighties, I am very much hurting on that one. If I had to make a choice, because I got Knight Rider, I got the A Team. Yeah, um, it's tough. Dukes, the Dukes of Hazard went into the eighties from the from from seventy nine to eighty five. I think. Um, yeah. I was a big big fan of that. There were so many things I loved to watch back then. If I had to pick one, though, I would go ahead and settle. Probably on the A team, okay. just for the act. Because we're talking action, all right. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't always straight action. No, no. Um, Night Rider was, and the Kit Car was awesome. But sure. I would have to take the A team because of what they were. Uh, you know, uh, stormtroopers who couldn't hit anything when they shot their guns. Um, <laughs> driving a van. Speaking yeah. of vans, I, feel, I was wondering if you had the. I was like, speaking sure, of vans, vans, yeah, the A team <laughs> van there. Yeah, Jesus. Oh, I can't help it. I got that's okay. I got the kit car up there too. Good, good. We had the kit car. I've got the opposite of kit car. K A R R is up there. <laughs> I've got the uh, bandit car up here. Uh, the Trans Am. Yeah, uh, yeah, a little bit bigger than a Hot Wheels, so a different scale. But uh, the Scooby Doo Mystery Ink Man. Yeah, I see that one. Yeah, you gotta have that. I mean, we got a little. Uh, DeLorean, Back to the Future. We got Christine up there. Mm-hmm. I got the Impala from um, um, Supernatural. The old oh, Batmobile yeah. from the TV show Batmobile. And I got Optimus Prime up there. What about Starsky and Hutch? You don't have the. Was it I a Nova? Have, I don't know. It was a. Um, it was a Nova, wasn't it? I, I mean, it looks like it, a Chevelle, but it wasn't a Chevelle. Definitely not a Chevelle. I don't think it was a Nova. Man, I don't but, know. Um, I, I think can find out real quick. Yeah, I don't know for sure. I think it was something kind of like, I mean, I know it was like obviously a muscle car, but. It's a Torino, Grand Torino. Torino, that's what it was. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yep. So, um, but yeah, definitely the A team. I got to have the A team. Not only did the A team have, you know, a lot of great action throughout the time it was there, I mean, you've got the intro to it. I mean, who didn't. I mean, here, just that. Tell you what, we'll give everybody a little a little sneak peek of what we're talking about here. Yeah, you gotta have you gotta have some A team on there. Wells Fargo lets you. Of course, know we don't want the commercial though. <laughs> we don't want the commercial. Come on, really? If you knew where you stood with. In 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court. I mean, you get the guy talking like bad people. You know, they're awesome. <laughs> Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A-Team. 
I mean, yeah, it's got like one of those riffs, one of those riffs you remember, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's one of the most like legendary theme songs ever. And uh, and if you've ever tried playing guitar before, I don't know if you've ever uh, oh yeah in the guitar, you can actually play that part of the riff in the middle of it where it's dun 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 dun. It's just like playing "Sunshine of My Love." Yeah, yeah, yeah. From I think it was Eric Clapton when he was playing something like that. It's just like playing that with a little addition at the end of it, basically. Yeah. And everybody, it had a little humor to it. You had the the humorous um, friendship between Murdoch and, you know, B.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, you heard a lot of people quoting throughout the 80s. I love it when a plan comes together. Yeah. And a lot of people just wanted to be faced because he could get what he wanted when he wanted. And he was real smooth when he did it. Yeah. I think A-Team has got to be one of the most, like, iconic shows that and like in night rider night riders up there for sure like with as far especially like as far as theme songs like the right. night rider theme song is so iconic i mean magnum pi is up there too yes i don't know if uh, you're a magnum, magnum, uh, magnum uh, fan magnum pi I, I i've probably watched them all at one point magnum pi simon and simon mm-hmm. I, I think that was kind of a spinoff of magnum pi yeah or or they crossed over the first season one of the two uh, but then you had like um, the ones we just mentioned. Plus, you had Hunter that was on with Fred Dreyer and Stephanie Kramer. Oh, you never seen that one? No, I never saw that one. It was it was a cop show. He was a cop. Uh, Stephanie Kramer was his um, a partner. Went on for a few yeah. seasons. Um, it's it's kind of good. It's kind of cheesy in a sense, but it's it's kind of good too. Yeah, you may or may not like it. You can look it up. I'm sure it's online somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Um, then of course there was um the one I sent you. Oh, did you, I told you I was going to send you the link? Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw it. Uh, yeah. So even if you didn't like the TV show, uh-huh. the, I mean the intro was really cool. Intro cool. I like the intro. The, time a lot. Came in, the intro was cool. Uh, there's another one. I'm not. The intro wasn't cool at all. Just the thought process was, and they could have made it better. But it was called Auto Man. Okay. Auto Man was a guy who basically was created out of a computer. He came out of a computer. A cursor jumped out of the computer and drew the man right in front of you. Okay. And he's supposed to be an actual yeah. guy at this point. And he's helping this reporter solve crimes and you know fight crime and stuff. And all Auto Man has to do is say, cursor, a car. That cursor will draw a car. It's like a Lamborghini. Oh, God. And it hugs the corners. It's like... Instead of making a, a, a turn where the back end slides around, it uh-huh. just goes, oh my like god, that, making these. Um, but you had like Airwolf, you had Blue Thunder, yeah, no Airwolf, yeah, Blue Thunder was temporary, I believe. Airwolf went for several seasons, mm-hmm. I, and and of course, speaking of iconic theme songs, the eighties had was really big on theme songs for the television series, there to make them memorable. It seems so. Uh, there was also another one from the 90s, I think. I think it was the 90s. Was Renegade in the 90s, late 90s? Ooh, I have no idea. I don't know Renegade. Um, Lorenzo Lamas and um, oh, mm. Branscombe, Branscombe something. And I have no idea. I've, I've never heard of that before. Renegade. Um, okay. Um, but I know yeah. Lorenzo Lamas, of course. But- Lorenzo Lamas was a former cop who got set up by somebody and said that they said he killed his wife and somebody else did. And uh, he goes on the run to try a and fugitive. kill her. 
And it's not the fugitive, although he is a fugitive from the law. And well, he's only a fugitive because he was framed for it. Um, Bobby um, Branscombe Mitchell, I think his name is, or uh -huh. Branscombe Holmes, something like that, uh, is a bounty hunter. And he takes up the bounty on him and ends up um, finding him. And him and his sister that run the thing believe his story and take him on as a partner, basically helping him find the killer. It goes on for quite a while. And I don't know if it ever turns out good or not, but I can't remember. I don't it sounds know. eerily similar to The Fugitive. It, it, it might have some, some similarities to it. The, the action's definitely better. Yeah, yeah. Because, because llamas can fight and stuff. Um, we've talked about before. I would say, you know, music. You, you mentioned you like some good 80s music. Oh, yeah. Do you, uh, as far as 80s goes, when it comes to your preference in 80s music, would you say it's more like the pop sound of the 80s, uh, the, like the college scene sound they had, or maybe the, the, the hair metal music, or just the plain hard rock? It would music? Be, man, I, I mean, in general, I like it all, but if it would be a toss-up between like thrash metal. So not necessarily hair metal. I mean, I do like some of it, but I'm way more into like Slayer, Megadeth, Metallica, Anthrax, Motorhead. Yeah, I was mentioning the fair to clarify for sure. Cause some people, they just called them heavy metal and they called like your kiss and poison and ACDC. Although ACDC didn't have the wild hair. Yeah. The skid rose and Cinderella Warren. and all that. Yeah. Well, they would call them the hair metal. They would call like Metallica, Megadeth, and Anthrax on them heavy metal. And like thrash metal, you'd see stuff like, um, oh, man, what were some of these names? They were out, they were really outrageous, crazy. Oh, names. Well, there was like all kinds of like deicide and, um, yeah, people like that, uh, you know, possessed, which if that's you ever watched, Primus. Um, if you ever watched Headbangers Ball on Saturday oh, night, oh, yeah, yeah. Every Saturday night, there'd be a lot of the good music that you like, but then there'd be some of this stuff that it's just like, you know, what are they saying? Yeah. It's like the music, the guitar is going way too fast, and all you're yeah. hearing is nothing but double bass drum hitting, it seems like, with cymbals. That's a lot of what I like. I mean, I like a little bit more melodic versions of that. Like, I don't like, um, like the like super, super heavy stuff, but I do like a lot of thrash. And then, like, I mean, my favorites for sure are Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, like yeah. those two. But like the the heavier songs from Maiden and Priest. <clears throat> now, um, as far as stuff like that goes, uh, quite a few Judas Priest songs I liked. Uh, yeah. Iron Maiden, I know there are songs by them that I like, and I can't think of the names of them. I think uh, there's number the uh, I think there was one that was a title of an album. It may have been. It may have been Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Yeah, that's one. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Beast, else. the Trooper. The Trooper was one that's a title. The Trooper. The Trooper. Ace is high. I think Ace is High is an album. Uh, um, Killers. Yeah. Oh gosh, there was this one song. Um, the way it started out, it was nothing but the bottom string on the guitar. Um, hitting these high notes toward the bottom of the, the of the frets on the guitar on the neck of the guitar. Sorry, and I really can't think of the name of it. It was it was cool once it got going. To me, when I first started listening to the rock music like that, when I got to that age, Metallica and Megadeth and stuff like that, and yeah. was, that was too fast for me. Okay, I got. Uh, I mean, I, it would be like you know, I'm I've gone from listening to like say rock music was like Brian Adams and Huey Lewis and. 
Yes, yeah, I like Huey Lewis for sure. This is considered like rock, and Huey Lewis would also be in the pop section too. Yeah, in some of the songs. But then Brian Adams would be up there rocking some. Richard Marks was considered both pop and rock at some point. Yeah, uh, see, I like a lot of that too. Like for sure, like even like even softer than that, like Air Supply or um, yeah. Uh, and then like a lot of the eighties pop, but but like my second behind metal would be like goth. Like I always basically thought like if I were to go back to the eighties, like and basically go through high school in the mid eighties, I would have either been just like a burnout like metalhead or a goth like super goth. Because I, I love like goth was really a thing to the nineties, though, was it? No, nah, it was pretty big in the eighties too. I mean, it was very much like a counterculture of the eighties, and I mean, a lot of cities did not have a lot of goth kids, but. Uh, like the Cure, Depeche Mode. Um, okay, yeah. Like Sisters of Mercy. Like all those groups were. See, well, when I hear Depeche Mode and uh, and and people like that, I I think of what they what they refer to as like the college music. Uh, the where I grew up at, there was a station that would play stuff like that, and they would call it the college music of the day. Well, that's. I mean, uh, it's part of that too, for sure. I mean, because like yeah. REM is even kind of in that group of like college. Yeah college rock sort of but like the goth is a little bit goth music's a little bit more towards the like electronic sound whereas like in general college rock is like rem where it's almost like folk but it's very but it's a lot more poppy like there was a rock station we had in nashville 103.3 kdf that changed to country music Mm-hmm. And Nashville, that's not too hard to believe because yeah. you know, he's the capital of the world, right? Right. But that was our rock, our one and only real rock station. And, mm-hmm. um, matter of fact, I think when it changed over, it was called Pure Rock. The very last song they played before it changed over to country music format was It's the End of the World as We Know It. <laughs> yeah, right here. Oh, man. Yeah. See, I like, I mean, I like some of that too. Like, I mean, I'm, I don't like REM, but, uh, I don't know. Just to me, the eighties, it's a very, I mean, I guess you could say this about every decade, but it's just a very wide range of music. I mean, I guess, I mean, I, I saying that out loud sounds completely stupid because you could say that about the nineties, the seventies, six, I mean, you could say about any decade, but yeah, you can, but I mean, you, but it didn't feel like you went from one extreme to the other. Like if you were, uh, unless you were a country music fan listener, uh, because country music in the 80s is more steel guitar and twang and stuff yeah. like that to it. Which I do like that, that too, for sure. If, well, I, and I do too. And today, I mean, with my Spotify, I've got like nothing but an old country music list. I've got, yeah, yeah. I got my uh, rock favorites list. And my rock favorites isn't broken down to different rock, like right. you know, heavy metal or thrash metal or anything like that. But, you know, I but if in the 80s when you had like, the 80s pop music, you would have, there was what we said, Debbie Gibson, Tiffany, Paula Abdul. Uh, for the girls, usually they had the boy bands. They, they liked their new kids on the block. They liked their... Um, well, there was like Soft Cell. Cell and Yeah, you know, then you had like Soft Cell for Tainted Love. And you had some Huey Lewis, Lee. some Richard Marks, Human League. Uh, um, the, what's the Cutting Crew? You had the Cutting Crew, the Eurythmics. Yeah. Um, and See, you had, uh, uh, there was also a big deal with people, like we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, which was soundtrack music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people were buying the soundtrack and saying, "Hey, have you? Did you have you bought the Top Gun soundtrack? It's like awesome." Yeah. This or, you know, that's what had the Berlin song on it. Everybody was crazy about mm-hmm. taking breath away, and then you've got the um, Kenny Loggins, the breaking soundtrack. You've got the 
uh, Footloose, the soundtrack from Footloose, which was probably one of the had to be one of the biggest ever soundtrack. Oh yeah, and Dirt, uh, Dirty Dancing had a massive soundtrack too. It, it did, uh, and and it's like in the in the eighties, you would Flash Dance, but well, well Flash Dance definitely. I want to think about well, yeah, because there's one just a couple of songs you had Hall of Notes on there, which was another rock example from the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Maneater was on there. Yeah. And then you've got, I can't remember the guy's name that did, no, I think it was Irene Cara did What a Feeling. Yeah, did What a Feeling is Irene Cara. Yeah. Uh, and there was a couple of more, Michael Sambino, I think, did one song on there. Yes. Uh, he did Maniac. Maniac, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of iconic songs for these things. And if you wanted a song for your soundtrack in the 80s, you called Kenny Loggins. Even even on soundtracks where he's not the star song, mm-hmm. uh, and even when he is, go to Footloose. He did Footloose. Okay, yeah. take Footloose away, and think about the album for Footloose for a second. He's also got the one where they're going down to make the uh, prom set up in the old feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, right. Heaven helps the man who finds his way, or something like mm-hmm. that. Get the actual name of the song. Those some of the lyric to it, um, but. So many iconic, great albums. I mean, it's I, I, it makes you just want to go buy them right now. Purple oh, yeah. Rain. Purple, Purple Rain. Rain. I mean, Purple Rain's a massive one. I mean, that's rarely is a soundtrack more important than the movie, but that's mm-hmm. one for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I just so much I enjoy with it, and people ask me, and I, I get asked to say, "Why do you live in the past?" I said, mm-hmm. "Because it's the best time to live." It was yeah. the best time for everything. I mean, I'm not taking away from what you like today. Kids born today love today because of all the stuff they got. When you, when I tell my daughter, who is 21, how when you know I was a kid, there was nothing like we didn't have cell phones. We could get walkie talkies with yeah. the names, you know. <laughs> you know, you and your best friend next door can give each other your other walkie talkie of the pair and you can keep up with each other, right? We had yeah. those. We had the little Walkmans with the cassettes. They graduated eventually in the 90s to the Walkmans with CDs in them. Yeah. Um, when CDs came out, that was a huge deal for us when it came to music, it seemed like. And we thought it'll never get any better than this, although I still loved my cassettes and my albums. But then you turn around, now you got MP3s, right? It's like it just for music, it kept getting better for the people, not so good for the artist. Yeah, yeah. But people were like, you know, and this is jumping off topic a little bit because I mentioned the artists and their music, how uh-huh. they're getting they're getting cheated and stuff. Tell me how many times when you were a kid you dubbed a cassette from some of your friends. I well, mean, if I you didn't did. have it, you didn't. No, oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, mean, I, was, I was gonna say when I, when I was a kid, I just would tell my cousin like hey here's some songs i like and he would put them on a cd see, somehow see, see here's where i'm here's where i did the, my memory my lack of memories kicking in i forgot <laughs> you were born in 93 for crying yeah yeah well so i wasn't doing a, a lot of in the 80s. when i was a kid in the 80s you go buy yourself a set of max of maxell tapes or sony tapes or something mm-hmm. and you would dub off the entire tape and when you got the home stereo system that had the high speed dubbing on it it was like heaven for you because you could dub a thing in like 10 minutes it was great but not only would you do that you would sit by the radio and wait for your song to come on that you wanted to record on the top 40 countdown yeah. just to make a mixtape of songs that you like so 
I mean, yeah. the VHS tapes. You would you would record your you know the movies, right? Uh, you'd rent a movie and record it. I mean, and people talk about how why would you burn all those discs off? Like I used to have like tons of discs where I'd burned off uh-huh. movies um, on DVD. You know, like I don't know why I have all those on VHS. I couldn't tell you. I had three and four on each tape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, the kids have it so much easier for things today. Uh, oh, they just, sure. I, I, don't, I don't think none of them, I don't, as much as some people say they would love to live in that time frame, I say 80% say they would love it, wouldn't be able to handle it. Definitely. They don't, they don't, they would miss their stuff. They'd miss their computers. They'd miss their tablets. They'd miss their MP3s or their streaming services. Um, they're, they'd miss the clarity in their televisions they have. And if you can hear a dog in the background, I'm not sure. I'm sorry. There's my dog is going nuts because somebody's pulling up in the yard out there, and you're not going to shut a chihuahua up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Muzzle it. Um, I'm gonna go muzzle her in just a minute, though. She <laughs> stop. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Anyway, um, anything else off the top of your head that you can think of you want to bring up? 80s, 90s, you know. Uh, well, definitely, like just on the soundtrack thing, favorite eighty soundtrack to me is for, is a toss up between Rocky Four and Lost Boys. Rocky Four has some great songs. Rocky Four is the greatest to me, the greatest soundtrack of all time. Lost Boys, I'm, I can't think of a lot of songs. Uh, you know, answer me a quick question about Lost Boys. Okay, is Lost Boys a horror movie? Because I I don't think I've ever watched it all the way through. Yeah, you know, people are really? like, "What sacrilege!" Uh, You're yeah. an 80s, 90s guy. But this I I never saw Princess Bride till last year either. So uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, um, is it more of a horror movie or more of a funny movie? Um, have you ever seen American Werewolf in London? Yes. Same thing. Okay. So whichever one you consider that, that's what Lost Boys is. Okay. To me, it's it's a movie that has funny moments. Yes. Like House, the first House movie, also. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's even. Yeah. Yeah, Poltergeist has some funny parts, too. So, like, yeah, it's just, it's a horror movie that just happens to have a little comedy in it. Whereas, like, Ghostbusters is the opposite. It's comedy that is, like, has a supernatural element. But Ghostbusters is in no way a horror movie. No, not at all. But yeah, Lost Boys, American Wolf in London, those two for sure. Like that's that's to me is horror. It doesn't. I mean, I, horror movies are my favorite movies in general. But like, I don't necessarily believe that horror movies have to be just super dark and depressing. Like you can right. have like some like levity in the movie mm-hmm. as long as the theme of it is horror. Which Lost Boys is for sure that, just like American Werewolf in London. Now, help me out with uh, Rocky Four for a minute. I know we got Burning Heart by Survivor. Yeah. We got James Brown living in America. Uh huh. No um, Easy Way Out, Robert No Tucker. Easy Way Out, exactly. Um, and then, wait, you said Burning Heart. Uh, Hearts on Fire? Hearts on Fire. Yeah, yes. that's the other one I was thinking of. Um, it's the training montage they had, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, that's the main ones. I mean, I think that's really about it as far as the. I, when I think of you know greatest ones, I, I'm thinking from beginning to end. I'll listen to all the songs, or I might just get one song or something. 
Yeah, yeah. Was good for one. I uh, Rocky Four's got some great songs on it, uh, but I don't know if, if for me if it would be my absolute favorite. I, I would have to throw Footloose up there. I'd have to throw Breaking up there, the first Breaking movie. Yeah, um, just because of the fact of the the, the different um, artists and songs they had on there at the time when Breaking came out, I didn't know half the artists that were on there. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know who Ali and Jerry was or the Bar the the, the, the Bar Kays or mm-hmm. um, anybody like that. But the songs I thought were great for eighties music. Yeah, and I really I really got into it. Uh, Shaka Khan and Rufus, or maybe it was just Shaka Khan at the time. I think just Shaka Khan during this. Yes, uh, she has two songs on there. There's an, another one that I thought was her that's not her that was good. Uh, then you get a little Ice T thing at the end of it. Where yeah, yeah. Movie, but he's doing a rap for you. Uh huh. And I thought David included that, which was cool. So I uh, probably it's a, a toss up between those two for me. And then, okay. but, but you're talking, if you're talking greatest soundtrack song of all time, I can't even begin to narrow that down. For the 80s, I, I think I go um, probably no easy way out. It's a good one. Um, the Wonderful Karate Kid, You're the Best. Oh, man. Yeah. That's was a good one. Do, yeah. All right. Uh, don't forget Rocky Three. Um, uh, uh, Eye of the Tiger. Eye of the Tiger. I hate that song. Do you really? Oh, I hate man. it. It's just one of the songs that you've heard so many times where you're like, God, if I hear this again, I'm just going to drive my head through a wall. <laughs> well, then you got like Footloose. You got. Footloose is a great one. You got Kenny Loggins from. Um, the movie where he was the arm wrestler. Uh, uh, tap out? No. Tap, tap? <clears throat> is it? No. no. No, no, Wait, you're talking about the Sylvester Stallone one? Sylvester Stallone movie where he's, he's arm Over wrestling. Over the top. Right? Over the top. So yeah. you got uh, Meet Me Halfway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you got Danger Zone from Top Gun. Playing with the boys from Top Gun. You got, you got Goonies. The Cindy Lauper Goonies are good enough. Yeah, and uh, I'm all right from Caddyshack. I'm all right from Caddyshack, exactly. Don't you forget about me from Simple uh, Simple Minds Breakfast Club? Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's a brain. Purple Purple brain. brain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, even like weird science, like. Uh Uh-oh. Are you there? Yeah, I'm I'm still here. Okay, for a second, and it looked like we lost connection for a second. We did, yeah, yeah, your screen froze for a second, I don't know. Which is odd because the other, yeah, the other monitor was still going fine and everything. I was like, this is not a time to have a power outage. <laughs> and then, hey, if anything, it's on me this time. <laughs> yeah, I know, for once. We, we, we can say that it's on me this time. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to, to narrow it down any further than that. But yeah, uh, I, I, I guess as much as I can keep talking about this stuff, man, we're an hour and six minutes into yeah. it. We better go ahead and cut loose on it. Speaking of cut loose, Foot loose. <laughs> Kick off your Sunday shoes, okay? Oh, Jesus. And uh, thank you for being on again with us this week. No problem. Man. No problem at all. It's always uh, it's it's just your second time here, but both times have been a blast. And I know we talked earlier before we got on the show about maybe coming on you know another time. And you're always welcome on the show, no doubt. Sure, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, no this is a blast. I yeah, I love this. I mean, uh, I I can think of a thousand different movies or breaking down a TV show we can do again later down. Maybe we'll come on later down the line. We'll we'll, we'll do the Cosby Show. We sure. talk about liking the Cosby Show so much. Why not? Yeah. You can do a Heath, you can do a Heathcliff impersonation for us. Oh, I'll call Bill up and see if he's got some free time. 
Mm-hmm. Tell them don't bring yeah, no drinks home. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need the drinks at home, Bill. Oh my! Unless God. you're bringing a Coke yeah. and some Jello pudding. You know, we're I, talking I, about I, I wouldn't trust any of it. No, no. Jesus, poor you guy. Do that. But anyway, so, <laughs> <laughs> we're we're awful people. Oh yeah, we're awful people. Oh well. Um, uh, we'll we'll do this again soon, Cody. For oh, sure, yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. Uh, and, and you know, like last time, do me a favor, put your stuff out there for the people to know where you're at and everything, where they can check out. You've got stand up comedy, you do, and everything. You got your own podcast, so let's get to that before we get off here. Sure. So, uh, yeah, the show is the Cody Tucker Show. It's on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, all that. Uh, videos are on YouTube. Comes out every Tuesday. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at the Cody Tucker, and I should have some stand up dates coming out pretty soon so if you just follow me on instagram all that stuff goes up there so that's probably the best way to go about it and definitely check out his instagram if you want to see his humor i swear the man has cracked me up on numerous videos he's got up there with his his stand-up he such i mean i'm not even gonna I'm just go look at it that's Thank all i'm gonna say because i can't do it justice by trying to copy any of it i'm not that's not my style of humor you will love it though it's <laughs> You will laugh, and you'll be ashamed of yourself for laughing afterwards. That's all I'm going to say. That's the plan. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's, uh, of course, as usual, if you um, if you want to find us, we are on Spotify, we are on iTunes, we are on iHeartRadio, Google, Amazon Music, uh, Stitcher, practically anywhere you get your download, you're going to get this show. We do have some occasional stuff that goes on YouTube, and eventually there'll be some more stuff that goes on YouTube. So uh, check us out there in Bookmarket and hit the little notification bell in case something new comes up. You'll be the first to see it. Best way to get a hold of me, however, is on Instagram or at the retro life for you at gmail.com email address. Two best ways. Uh, the Instagram flows over to Facebook, so I don't really get on Facebook too much and do a lot, but I will check things on there occasionally as well. That being said, we're going to make our way on out of here. Cody, one more time, man. Thanks a lot. We really appreciate it, and we hope everybody enjoyed the show this week. We'll see everybody next week.